Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. I'm David Cusimano here with Eric Winberger. David. And Eric, good to be talking again. And today we have a, another current event topic that we'll be discussing. And that is, is this maybe a good time to start thinking about buying that competitor that you've thought about? Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it's, it's a, a great topic coming off of our valuation discussions that we've been having, some of the series that we've been having. And it's very, very timely because of just the current economic situation. And I'm looking forward to diving into this one. Absolutely. And, and Eric, just to put this conversation that we're going to have here in context of what we discussed during our valuation episodes, if you think about valuation, remember, it all comes down to future, not the past, but the future. It's future cash flow, the riskiness of those cash flows. And so if you think about suddenly, I don't know if it's sudden, and you and I have been talking about this for some time, despite what people smarter than us have been saying, but suddenly maybe the, the, the mainstream narrative has changed. Maybe that's a better way to say it, in that suddenly we're hearing more and more articles, more and more headlines about, hey, things aren't looking good out there. Depending on who you talk to, either already in a recession or getting ready to go into a recession. And if you put that back in terms of our episodes on valuation, right? What, what does this mean? This means that there's now higher risk to those future cash flows, which means now valuations are coming down. Yep. Well, and then another thing is, David, and we didn't necessarily touch directly, but indirectly on it is the, from a buyer's perspective, what is the form of consideration that's being paid? Do I have cash on hand? to do this transaction? Am I leveraging it? And, you know, if in fact there's a leverage component here, we know that interest rates are rising pretty substantially. And what, yes. is, what does that mean is, is there's a bigger hurdle that we have to cover as the buyer in, in any type of transaction. So when that cost of capital is increasing, then certainly that impacts what we're willing to pay as a buyer or what a buyer is willing to pay for for sell. That's right, Eric. So, and you're bringing up, you know, the cost of debt, right? So now the cost of equity is higher because of increased risk. The cost of debt probably also for risk reasons is going up. And so in totality, you've got a whole higher cost of capital. So an investor who wants to have the same risk adjusted rate of return they had in the past will pay saliently less today than they might have some months ago or a year ago. So I think this, depending on, on who you are, if you're a buyer or seller, I think this starts to inform a little bit of your strategy to inform next steps. Before we dive into that, Eric, just I want to just highlight a couple of headlines out there right now 
So we're recording this just before the end of October 2022. By the time this gets online, it will probably be just the first day or two of November 2022. I don't know that that much is going to happen different the next couple of days. But you know, right now, two metrics that I'm looking at are, of course, we see stock market changes, right? We see the, the uh, equities coming down significantly over the last few months. There's also some some other just operational, maybe what we call Main Street metrics out there that I think are interesting to watch. One is housing starts and builder sentiment. Housing is such a big part of the economy of our of our country, at least in the United States here. Housing starts are dropping. If you read some of the headlines, we see housing starts. People will say that the housing market is melting down. And it, it's while we see housing starts actually still at a higher level, than they were in 2019, 2018, before COVID. They aren't as high, of course, as they were a year ago, but they're certainly still higher than they were a few years ago. There's a builder sentiment index, and that has dropped. In general, any number above 50 says that builders are expecting times to be good. Any number below 50 says builders are expecting times not to be good. It's kind of a leading indicator of what they expect the market to be doing in the near future. That number came out as a 38 recently. And not only was it a 38, but it was a pretty big drop, I think, in the last 30 days. I don't have it here in front of me. I could be missing the exact a little bit here. But I mean, certainly that number has been coming down. There's one other, which is pretty interesting, which is the PMI. That's a Purchasing Managers Index. It measures activity in the United States on, I think, primarily manufacturing. That one just dropped their, their flash number, which is a look ahead at what they where they think October will close. That dropped to 49.9 for the first time in a while. That number was released just a few days ago. And then if you look at, there's also a service. I'm forgetting the name of it. I don't have it open on my computer in front of me. There's a service index as well. That number, I think, was down like 45 or 46. Again, with 50 being neutral, anything below 50 being people are expecting their business to contract. So, Eric, I just want to throw those out there a little bit, just kind of as benchmarks for... It seems like it's no longer the economists saying, hey, look out, things in the future might not be good. But we now have Main Street managers, CEOs of businesses starting to report that, hey, things are actually slowing down. Inventory orders, purchasing orders are slowing down. You know, It's harder to move inventory now. And so I think we are actually starting to deal with right now a different environment than you know, Main Street, I think, six months ago was... You could, you could almost ignore the headlines for, and a lot of industries right, and just keep right, rocking yeah. and rolling. Yeah, no, there's definitely a, a change in the sentiment and it's becoming more and more apparent. And, you know, at the same time it, that these headwinds are coming up, you've got the inflation factor and all, which is probably a huge part of what's driving this between interest rates and, and, and inflation. But just a lot of negative factors all going in the same direction, which which says this is a changing time and we need to pay attention to that and we need to sit back and analyze that as we enter into uh, planning, uh, which I think most people are in right now, planning for 2023. You know, how should we best plan for that? I think that's that's really where we are, right, David? And then where we want to kind of focus is, you know, how do we apply all of this right now into into our planning, but I think being very specific around if we think we can still grow or we you know we we should be 
looking at ways that we can grow in 2023 with all of these various factors. One of those is for us to think about acquisitions. And I think it is a way that you can you can grow. I think the organic growth is going to be a big, big challenge for most companies in 2023, but there are other ways to grow the company depending on your, your circumstances. Absolutely. So let's, let's say the, over the last couple of years, you've been able to grow your business 20% a year and it's been relatively easy. Organic growth was just happening, right? And maybe part of that's a nominal number. Maybe part of that was inflation, part, our price increases, part of it uh, was actual growth of the business. And you're looking at 2023 and saying, I want to grow that same amount again. And I think like you're saying, Eric, organic growth is going to be more of a challenge than it has been over the last 12 months. But there's another route, and that that is acquisition. It may be the case that you can still grow 20% in 2023. It may be that your organic growth is going to be, let's say, only 5%, 6%. And then because prices are coming down, you may find competitors who have not been as disciplined at doing the things that we've talked about in our previous episodes to strengthen their businesses. These would create opportunities for you not to exploit those those businesses, but to save them while also bringing them into your fold of your business, which has a stronger culture, which treats people well, which recognizes its differentiation in the market and really recognizes how it's serving serving the people. And so when we think about it that way, we say this could be for the growing business that's really understands who they are, where they are, why they are. This could represent large opportunity. Absolutely. But, you know, and that opportunity exists regularly, you know, regardless of whether you're focused on organic growth or you're looking at acquisition as a, as a strategy for growth. But regardless of that, you know, if you are in that buying mode or you're thinking about, getting into that that buying mode, it's very important that we take into consideration these current issues that we've been discussing and some of the changes in the in the markets, that you take that in consideration as you start moving forward or around a strategy of, of growth through acquisition. Absolutely. So, I mean, Eric, I guess I, I hate to bring it back to <laughs> the, the, our previous episodes so often, but I, but I, I believe it. And really, in my mind, the businesses that are just living in what we've, we've heard called before commodity hell, they rode the market up, they're going to ride it down, right? And yeah. so it's just so, so important, all the things that we talked about in those strategic episodes, to put those into practice, to live them. Because really, if you think about it, some people will say we're not in recession yet. Others will say we're already there it seems like the odds are much higher. I would love to say tomorrow morning we'll wake up and everything's just fine, but it seems like the odds are much higher that things aren't going very in the right direction right now. But regardless of what direction the economy goes in, if you have an organization that's creating value for people, they will still need to eat tomorrow. They will still need clothes tomorrow. They will still need to educate their children tomorrow, right? And so I could go on and on with all the things people will still need, even if the economy crashes. And if we have businesses that understand our purpose in society and, and live that, it will get tough. It will be difficult, but we'll be okay. We'll be, a, we'll be one of the businesses that can get through this. Correct. And then specifically for those, those businesses, because not everyone is operating that way, as you said, there's going to be opportunities. And it's not to take advantage, if you will, but 
but it is. It, you know, there are businesses that are out there that are going to struggle so much that they may go out of existence or they may be in that position and you have... Or they need help. Uh, yeah, or they need help. And you may be just the thing that helps to maintain those businesses and those jobs, but under a different structure. And, you know, you should be rewarded for that as a business owner. If you're able to do that and, and make that turn around and absorb that, you should get the rewards of that and not the ones that uh, are, are not performing the way that they should or are doing the things that they should to, to strengthen their businesses. And so, Eric, you brought up a good point earlier about interest rates going up, which that means cost of capital is going up. Getting down to the mechanics of a transaction, if you have a competitor that you've been thinking about buying and you want to now go ahead and start planning for that, I would expect that it's going to be a little bit more, a little bit to a lot more difficult in the near future to finance the transaction with a bank than it was recently. I mean, over the last many years, it's been, you know, we can look at their assets. The banks are gladly you take accounts receivable and inventory as collateral. They feel good about the value. They've got experts that can estimate this value. And, and relatively quickly and easily, you get a really high advance rate. You get a deal done. I would expect that will still happen, but it's going to be trickier. I would expect that we're going to see a move. Banks will still play a role in a big way, but I would expect there's going to be more of a need for seller financing and seller notes in order to get deals done in this next yeah. phase. Yeah. Or, yeah. or if, if you're a buyer and, and you're in the market to buy in order to grow in 2023, it depends on what your cash situation. There are There are some who have done exceptionally well and have basically have that cash kind of on their balance sheet and, and that dry powder ready to go. And for those in the current marketplace, they've got a unique opportunity, I think, to take advantage of that because of the increase in the interest rates, that is going to have an impact on values for companies. And yet you might be sitting on a bunch of cash that is still earning very little because for savers, there hasn't been a big move on the saving side of things as far as interest rates for, for savers. So you could be sitting on that advantage, so to speak, if you have some pent up cash, dry powder on your balance sheet. Absolutely. So you're right. The, the, the companies that have been wise have, uh, have saved in the good times, I think will be poised very well for the future. And companies that haven't, I think are going to struggle and they'll, they'll need help either adopting some kind of turnaround strategy or, or, you know, maybe they'll, they'll be forced to, to really rethink their models and, and the value they're creating. But it will certainly be interesting as it plays out. Eric, I'm thinking about a couple of quotes right now. You know, I love quotes. One is from Warren Buffett. And he says, when the tide goes out, you find out who's been swimming naked. <laughs> It may be the case that the tide's going out right now, right? And the businesses that have not been, like you said, been prudent with their cash, prudent with their value propositions, prudent with uh, building their cultures, they're going to struggle. They're going to be the ones that are going to be exposed there. So I think this is a conversation that is probably just beginning as, as we kind of go into this new phase. But thinking, in my mind, this is an ideal time to start thinking about how do I grow by acquisition? And how do I do it in a way that just allows me to really grow, build upon what I've been building and over over time? And I, so I think it's a, is it is today the right time to close an acquisition? Maybe 
but I think it's the right time to start thinking about it, right? I think it's the right time to start planning for it and to watching what's going on. Will prices be lower beginning of next year than they are now? I think there's a good chance of that. I, I, I don't say, don't just take my word for it. Use other sources as well, but it may be the right time to start planning, thinking, strategizing, watching, and maybe early to mid-2023 starts to be when pricing really starts to fall in line where this growth by acquisition can start to make a lot of sense. Yeah, and I think if we look at what the current situation is, the recession side of things, that's always an ebb and flow type of thing. You know, are we going to be in a long-term recession? Is this dip for a little period of time, whatever else like that? But I would say for sure, interest rate environment, I mean, the the past of just historically unbelievably low interest rates is, in my opinion, is gone. And really, the reality is that we're just getting back to a normalized right. inherent interest that we have to deal with. So that's, that's one thing to keep in mind for everybody is that we're really getting closer back to what, what's been normal in the past, even though it's, it's, it's tremendously increased over where it's been for quite a long time. Just historically, it's, it's, it's more in line. But that creates some advantages and some disadvantages depending on your circumstances and situation. Then you just have to be aware of what that impact is on you, whether you're a buyer or whether you're a seller. And um, I think what it, this is here to stay for a while, as you said. And I think the, the growth by acquisition, it's always been something for, for companies to consider, but I think this is a unique time where there's going to be some great opportunities for companies who are in the right position to be able to take advantage of it. Absolutely. And and that brings me, I guess, Eric, to the other quote I was thinking about. I'm trying to think of, this is from the book, Corporate Turnaround, and we can put it in the show notes page. And I don't remember the author's name, but we'll get it in, in the show notes page. But he says that blaming a business failure on the economy is a, a little like a ship's captain blaming the ship sinking on the weather, right? It's like, we know these things are, are coming, right? Of course, but probably any good captain can can pilot a ship in good weather, <laughs> right? And not any good captain, any bad captain can pilot a ship in yeah. good weather, yeah. right? But, right, right? But did you but did you really think no storms were ever going to come? It's the good captains that can weather the storms, can navigate around the storms, can anticipate the storms, and work work with them. It's the same thing in running the business, right? I mean, it's it's relatively any average manager can run a business. You know, when the tide is in, right? When everything's good, to go back to Warren Buffett's quote there, but it's, it really takes the skilled manager who, who understood, like, did you really think no recession was ever coming? Did you, you know, did you really think this, this one-off event was never going to happen in your lifetime? It's the good manager who, who is always planning for that, has the skills and ability to work around that. And so we hope people listening to us are hopefully picking up those skills and prepping and moving in the right direction on this. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, Hopefully they have all their clothes on. Absolutely. All right, so with, we'll close on that. We'll leave it there. Eric, this is a good topic. I'm sure we'll have more along this line in the future. But with that, let's get back to work. All right. Sounds good, David. David. 